Shalom, Achim, peace be upon you, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. The website can be found at www.scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth, which is 100% listener-supported. Today we're going to be looking at our prophets portion for this week, along with our gospel portion. And I think you're going to find that the theme today has to deal with obedience. And how obedience, disobedience, rather, let me, let me rephrase that, has to deal with disobedience. And disobedience leads to, jo- to God's judgment. And I think what, this, what we can find when we look at the scriptures is that, above all things, God is much less interested in your religious acts. What he really wants is for you just to obey his voice. And I think that's the theme that you're going to see today. Our prophet's portion is from the book of Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah was a prophet during the time uh, leading into the Babylonian captivity. He's known as the weeping prophet, right? He knows what's coming. He's grieved. It's also uh, uh, the same time frame would have been like Habakkuk, right? Habakkuk is seeing the same thing, knowing that judgment is coming, that the people have just gone so far astray. They've become so wicked, so evil. And I can't help but wonder, could these be words for us today? Let's take a look. We're going to read the King James Version. And uh, especially when we're dealing with the New Testament, we're going to do the King James Version. And I'm going to show you one of the examples is why that is. Uh, when we get to our gospel portion for the day, which happens to be Matthew chapter 9, 10 verses, verses 10 through 17. And uh, we'll take a look at that here in a second. Let's read our prophet's portion for today. Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 21 through Jeremiah chapter 8, verses 3. And uh, that is what is on the agenda. And then there's one little snippet that goes along with this portion. Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 22 and 23. And we'll read those as well. Open up your hearts. And ask yourself, could God be saying this to my generation? And if so, what is my response? Let's begin. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Put your burnt offerings unto your sacrifices, and eat flesh. For I spake not unto your fathers, nor commanded them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and ye shall be my people, and walk ye in the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. Let's stop right there before we move forward. I want to kind of sit on this for a second. God said, But this thing I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God. 
and you shall be my people, and walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. Do you know that Jeremiah says that, that reminds the people of this several times? Jeremiah chapter 11 verse 4 says, Which I commanded your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt from the iron fur and furnace, saying, Obey my voice and do them according to which all I command you. So ye be my people and I will be your God. Three verses later, three verses later, same chapter, chapter 11. For I earnestly protested unto your fathers in that day, and I brought them up out of the land of Egypt, even unto this day, rising early and protesting, saying, Obey my voice. Exodus chapter 15. And, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 29. Oh, that they were such a heart in them, that they would fear me, and keep all my commandments always, it might be well with them and with their children forever. By the way, I'm skipping so many references that there is. Because there's just so many. Let's look at some New Testament ideas. Romans 16. But now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandments of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for obedience of faith. 2 Corinthians, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Hebrews 5.9 And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto them. Oh, just anybody, right? No. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto them that obey him. And of course, I don't have it pulled up, but if we go to the book of Revelation, we have the description of the remnant. Those who have the testimony of Jesus Christ and obey the commandments of God. Obedience matters. And it's sad that we live in a time when, I, when it seems like you have to remind the people that they actually have to obey God's voice. They actually have to listen to God. Because it's become so ingrained in our culture that you do whatever you want, whatever feels good to you. You know, God is love, so don't worry about it. Let's continue on in our study. Verse 24, but they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and in the imaginations of their evil heart, and went backwards and not forward. Since the day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt, unto this day I have sent unto you all my servants the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them. 
Yet they hearkened not unto me, nor inclined their ear, but hearkened, hardened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Therefore, thou shalt speak all these words unto them, but they will not hearken to thee. Thou shalt also call unto them, but they will not answer thee. But thou shalt say unto them, This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. Truth is perished and is cut off from their mouth. Please note, I can't help but read that and see the very nation that I live in today. This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor hath received correction. Truth is perished and is cut off from their mouth. Hmm. Verse 29. Cut off thy hair, O Jerusalem, and cast it away. Take up a lamentation on high places, for the Lord hath rejected and forsaken the generation of his wrath. For the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, saith the Lord. They have set their abominations in the house, which is called by my name, to pollute it. They have built high places atop it, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and daughters in the fire, which I commanded them not, neither came it into my heart. Please note again, what is one of the reasons for God's judgment that he's getting ready to pour out, rather his wrath? He calls this generation the generation of his wrath. What is it? They've built the high places of Tophet, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and daughters in the fire. Let me ask you something. Do you think there's any difference in the eyes of God of passing children through the fire, which they did at this time, or chopping them into pieces and calling it my body, my choice? You think God looks at that any differently? Verse 32. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall be no more called Tophet, nor the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. For they shall bury in Tophet till there be no more place. And the carcasses of this people shall be meat for the fowls of heaven and for the beasts of the earth, and none shall fray them away. Then I will cause to cease from the cities of Judah and from the streets of Jerusalem the voice of the myrrh and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, for the land shall be desolate. By the way, I want you to catch that verse. Judgment is coming. And in the city of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem, some things are going to change. They're no longer going to have the voice of myrrh and the voice of gladness or the voice of the bridegroom or the voice of the bride. The land shall be desolate. Does that sound familiar to you? Does it sound familiar? Does it sound like Revelation chapter 18? dealing with mystery Babylon in the last days, right? You know, this passage that we're reading out of Jeremiah is dealing with Jerusalem 
at Jeremiah's time. They're getting ready to go into Babylonian captivity. Revelation 18, dealing with the end of days, right? What does it say? Verse 23, dealing with mystery Babylon. And the light of the candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were a great men of the earth. And for I buy thy sorceries, pharmakia, were all the nations deceived. Just let it be known that when you're studying the book of Revelation, almost every piece of symbolism can be found in the Old Testament. Let's continue on. Three verses out of chapter 8 here. At that time, saith the Lord, they shall bring out the bones of the kings of Judah, and the bones of his princes, and the bones of the priests, and the bones of the prophets, and the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem out of their graves. And they shall spread them before the sun and the moon and all the host of heaven whom they have loved and whom they have served and after whom they have walked and whom they have sought and whom they have worshipped. They shall not be gathered nor be buried. They shall be for dung upon the face of the earth. And death shall be chosen rather than life by all residue of them that remain of this evil family which remaineth in all places, whither I have driven them out, saith the Lord of hosts. And then we have two verses here from chapter 9, verses 22 and 23. Speak thus, saith the Lord, even the carcass of men shall fall as dung upon the open field, and as the handful after the harvestmen, and none shall gather them. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, and let not the rich man glory in his riches. The point being made there is when the judgment comes, it doesn't matter if you're one of the. It doesn't matter how wise you are, or how strong and athletic you are, or how rich you are. None of those things can stand in the face of God's judgment. None of those things are going to have any value when the hammer comes down. You say, Sean, that doesn't sound like a very hopeful message this morning. <laughs> uh, there's hope. There's hope for those who have trusted in Christ and who obey Him, right? But for the children of disobedience, not a great message for them. And let's not forget that even when Jesus judgment comes, it does impact the, even the righteous, right? I mean, Daniel was during this time, and Daniel was taken off into captivity into Babylon. But God gave him favor, right? Gave him favor in the eyes of the king, and Daniel fared well in Babylon. But it's not to say that he didn't have to deal with some pain, right? as a result of the sinful nation. Let's look at our gospel portion for this morning. Switch gears a little bit here. Matthew chapter 9, verses 10 through 17. Here's what it says. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? 
When Jesus heard that, he said unto him, that the, that behold, they that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, if you look at that verse, verse 13, Matthew chapter 9, verse 13, you'll notice the ESV, the NIV, and all the modern translations say it like this. I have not come to call, I have not come for the sick or something like that. Actually, I'll just read it for you verbatim out of the ESV. We'll use that as an example. Because I want you to notice the difference. And why, specifically when I'm reading the New Testament, I almost always read from the King James. Here's what it says in the ESV. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Did you catch the part that's missing? I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now what happens when your everyday Christian reads that is they go, Oh, well, I'm a sinner, so, you know, God came to call me. Mm-hmm-hmm. <laughs> But that's not what King James says. King James says, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Notice the difference. One version says, you're a sinner, I called you. The other version says, you're a sinner, I've called you to repent. Which makes more sense in the context of the sentence, by the way. I've not come to call the righteous to repent. But the sinners to repent. repent. It's not the righteous who need a physician. It's the sick, right? Anyway, I digress. But go you and learn what this meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. And just real quick before we move on, let's look at a couple of connecting verses with that idea. The... I would, Jesus says, go learn what this means. And then what does he say specifically that he's talking about? Go and learn what this means. I will have mercy, not sacrifice. Okay. If we go to the Proverbs, it says, to do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. To do what's right. That's what he's interested in, right? This has been the whole theme of what we've been reading Just obey my voice and I'll be your God. Like the sacrifice, you know, that's so second nature to, that's so less important than just doing the right thing and obeying me. Proverbs, again, to to do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Hosea chapter six, for I desired mercy and not sacrifice and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings he wants you to be merciful he doesn't want your sacrifice he wants you to know more about him and then let's do one more Micah chapter 6 wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God shall I come before him with burnt offerings and calves of a year old would the Lord be pleased with ten thousand of rams or ten thousands of rivers of oil Shall I give my firstborn for my transgressions? 
the first fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Micah's saying, look, what does God want? Does he want me to do all these religious things to please him? You know, maybe I'll bring some calves, uh, or maybe I'll bring a river of oil, maybe I'll give him my firstborn, you know, is that what he wants? No, what he wants is for me to walk in mercy, to do what's right, to do justly, and to be humble before him. Man, there's some power in this morning's teaching. I really hope that it's piercing some hearts and really speaking to you guys this morning, the way it's speaking to me. Four more verses and we'll be done for today. Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and they shall fast. No man putteth a piece of cloth unto an old garment, for that which is it put in will fill up and taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine in new bottles, and both are preserved. And that, my friends, is the end of our study for this morning. I pray in the powerful name of Jesus you've been blessed. I pray that your hearts have been pierced and it's causing you to, to want to draw closer to God. It's causing you to want to walk in more obedience, to strive to, for more obedience, not for religious sake, but because you want to please and serve God. You know, John says this is how we know we love God, that we obey His commandments and His commandments are not Grievous. You see, John is saying, we love, we, we obey God because we love Him. And it's not a burden for us to do that. It's not like, oh, I have to obey God or I'm going to get in trouble or I have to obey God or His, ja- or his wrath and His judgment's going to come upon me. No. It's your great privilege, your great pleasure, your great desire to obey God. That is the true Christian heart. Well, that's all I have for you this morning. Please consider supporting this mission of truth. You can do that by going to scriptureandprophecy.com and clicking on the support and donate tab at the top. 100% listener supported. Without your support, this show doesn't happen. So thank you for those of you who are willing to do so. Lord willing, my plan is to be back with you Friday morning to read from Exodus about the Passover right? Just like we do every year. Uh, and also from the gospel. Uh, we got to read about the death and resurrection as well. Um, but primarily we're going to try to, to handle all that Friday morning, Lord willing. So that is the plan. And, uh, until then, I just pray that you be blessed. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.